Alright guys, welcome to episode 143 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And this week we talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles again, briefly. We talk about Porco Rosso, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We talk about Mortal Kombat 1, the new Mortal Kombat game coming out. We talk about uh, a fucking wild restaurant with uh, employees straight out of a fucking horror movie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We talk about Old Boy, Blue Beetle, Righteous Gemstone Season 3, and then we also make our NFL predictions, which have proven to be wildly inaccurate, but we make them nonetheless. But first... What you what you been up to, sir? Uh, yeah, I got a bunch of stuff, but most of it is uh, you know can be done pretty quickly, and then I'll just go through um, <clears throat> you know the big stuff that um, that matters. But um, two quick ones. Um, well, one we were city night, so so it's, uh, movie theaters last weekend had like the national movie day thing, um, okay. and they you know had a bunch of. I think all chains had like even small chains had all movie tickets for four bucks, and so uh, Sydney and I got tickets for Oppenheimer, but then we ended up returning them because we had other plans pop up. But apparently it was a huge success. You know, a bunch of people went. Um, you know, I tried to. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I had a, a couple friends go see Barbie and uh, Blue Beetle. I think my sister went to see Blue Beetle, and like I said, I would have watched um, Oppenheimer and IMAX again. I mean, the IMAX tickets would have been eight bucks total. Um, but like I said, we didn't get a chance to go, but you know, hopefully they keep doing this. I mean, you know, drives up, um, you know, um, not just the, the immediate success of a weekend box office, but also, you know, word of mouth, you know, if somebody who maybe wouldn't have gone to see Blue Beetle were it not for the $4, then they tell somebody like it was worth $4. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was 10. Go see it. Go see it on a Tuesday. You know, it's $5 tickets everywhere. Go see it. So, um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, and another quick thing, um, was, uh, we went to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem again this past okay. Tuesday for the five, for the $5 movie. Um, and it's still great. It's still a good time. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, the movie theater that we went to this time was a lot smaller. Like the screen was kind of tiny, but it was still looked okay. great. It's still, you know, it's a great time. It goes by fast. And, and you, you, this time I was able to notice, you know, little jokes here and there that you miss because all the kids talk over each other and, and, um, but yeah, that was, that was a really good time. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was, you know, one s- semi superhero movie. So that was a quick one. Uh, just cause I, went, I talked about it last time, but the big one that I watched this real, week was sorry, oh, real so, quick before we yeah. move on. Mm-hmm. When you said the screen was tiny, I don't know why, but all I could think of is I'm, you've seen the office. Have you seen the episode where he's got the little tiny mounted TV on the wall? And it's like, have you seen I that? I think so. It's been for, it might, if I have, it's been forever. But if you if you Google image Michael Scott TV, it's the first thing that pops up. It's like this tiny little screen. And it's like, like, here's what if he mounted that Jan let me mount. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it's so small. yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's what I imagine in front of the theater. 
it was tiny and I was like, okay, like, I mean, it was cool. But I think it was just literally because it was the smallest room in like a sort of uh, all out of the way regal because the our movie theater here, the one that we live five minutes from, it's uh, it was showing it at seven o'clock, but it was in 3D. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I'd rather just drive an extra you know, five, 10 minutes and then just go see it at a different one. Um, Isn't it hilarious but, um, that 3D is a straight up turn off now? Like for, for me, like... Like, oh I yeah, see shit in 3D. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless I know it's like somebody who like gave a shit when they were making it, and rather than detect on stuff, like if it's Avatar or Martin Scorsese, he did Hugo in 3D. You know, basically, unless I know that it's like somebody who gave a shit about the 3D, I'm like, no, nah, no thanks, yeah. no, no, thank you. Yeah, it, Michael Bay could do 3D in the two cranes with like balls passing right <laughs> over their head in real time. <laughs> he actually his 3D he filmed. Um, I don't know if he filmed it in 3D, but he did uh, Transformers 3 in 3D, the one where they, I think it's uh, Dark of the Moon, the one where they, like, invade Chicago, the, where the whole, like, the last hour is just one giant action scene. It was, yeah. it was actually pretty cool, because it's like, he actually goes, well, you know, he goes, well, there's going to be an explosion here, an explosion in the background. He can at least think in the three spaces, rather than just being like, we'll film whatever, and then we'll just tack on this bullshit over it, right? Right. Um... But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, same. I, I, if I see 3D and I know like it's just tacked on, I'm like, mm, no, thank you. Right. Um, but the big one this week was, or I guess big ish was, uh, Blue Beetle. Um, so it's the last, it's either the last entry into the DECU or it's the first entry into the new DC universe that, um, James Gunn is starting. Um, it still remains to be seen if he keeps it. It's kind of one of those like, well, he's like, yeah, I, I mean, you know, we'd love to see these characters again. Like he keeps, like people keep saying that. It's like, well, that's not really a commitment. That's just kind of like. Yeah, that sounds like, mm, yeah. These characters might be okay, but everything else can go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, eh, I don't know. Okay. Um, but the movie itself. It's still R.I.P. That, that's all that means. Like it's. Yeah, ours. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're never seeing Flash or Aquaman or any of those. Actually, we literally are seeing Aquaman in four months somehow, even though there's not a trailer or anything. Um, but anyway, so this one, uh, Blue Beetle was, um, it was, it was, it was pretty, it was good. It was pretty good. I would say it was pretty good because uh, for specific reasons for me but as a story as like if you went to see it i think you would say it was just good i think it's very cookie cutter run-of-the-mill uh superhero origin story so like if you've seen like iron man or ant-man or doctor strange it follows like all of those sort of templates where like you know you meet the character and then he's like nice and then something happens and he gets the powers and then he like learns to work with them and then the final battle is like him versus somebody who's kind of like him but a little different just like iron man one right or Ant man um and so and then you know at the, fin- at the end of the end he like he you know it, it's very like it follows those super close to the mm-hmm. fact to the point where you're like oh this is the part where the all is lost moment where he loses, you know, this, or like, oh, this is when they discover his extra power or like, oh, this is when he <laughs> loses the power for a little bit while he right. gets it, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, but the reason that I personally really enjoyed it is that the story centers around a Mexican American family. And so it was really cool seeing um, them, you know, uh, talk about cultural stuff that we talk about, um, you know, making references to stuff that you know, I used to watch or mu- music that we listen to or things that my parents have talked about or phrases that they said. So they got like actual, you know, Mexican actors and they're, they, you know, they sound, their Spanish sounded like Mexican Spanish. Um, so it was really cool to see that. And I think that sort of, even if 
if I thought the movie was just okay, I thought it was actually pretty good. But even if the, the frame was just okay, I found myself really enjoying it because of that extra stuff. Um, to the point where um, after the movie ended, I called my parents and I was like, hey, like I watched it on a Thursday. And then um, I called them and I was like, hey, like, look, on Sunday here at the AMC, they're showing a screening of the movie like in Spanish, like dubbed. You guys got to come up like just so that they can see um the movie and so they, they they came up that sunday and watched it so like um it was really cool from that perspective i think but if you think if you come into it just kind of like having watched a dozen of these and not really like a cultural collect connection to it you'd be like yeah i mean you know it was fine and it's a good time and i do think that there are little flashes of really cool stuff like that when he's getting transformed by the suit it like looks like a horror movie it's really cool or like the final action scene is actually pretty good considering the budget wasn't the amount, I mean, it's pretty big, but it wasn't the amount of something like Avengers Endgame or any of those gigantic movies. Um, but um, she was going to say one more thing, and then I forgot. Oh, oh well, the reason, well, and so I, 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 like, whenever I saw the trailers, they're like, oh, you know, he's Hispanic, and I thought that they were going to make it very, like, a nondescript, like, sort of, oh, he's Hispanic, but they'll, like, talk about, like, some poor, like, a kind of, like, um, like uh, an amalgamation of different Hispanic cultures, and they right, weren't going right, to be right. like he's Mexican. They're just going to be like, well, you know, where we come from, you know, it's a little bit different. And it's like, oh, okay, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know, he's it's like this kind of mysterious. You know, they're, they're not going to put a name yeah. on it because that makes it too specific. But it wasn't like that at all. It was very specifically Mexican. Like they mentioned that they say for like I said, they say phrases. They mentioned cultural shows, like specifically two that were like very um, Mexico centric. So it was really nice. It was really cool. Nice surprise when I went to see it by myself. And then I think my parents really dug it. So I think if you, you, there's no way that, I think there's no way that anybody watches this and goes, that thing stank, right? Because mm -hmm. there's just, there's, there's a nice, it's like a, I think it's like a 75% Rotten Tomatoes. I would probably like put it like as a movie movie, like a 65, just like a, mm -hmm. like a, like a nice tone at 65. But because for me, how I felt, I'd probably put it like an 80 or 85 just because of what I liked about it. Okay. But yeah, like I said, I think if you were to watch it, you probably would, you might dig it a lot. Or you might dig it a little, but I, don't, I just don't see how you, you would watch it, you know, when it comes on HBO Max and watch it and be like, wow, that was boring. Or like, my God, that thing stank. Just because the characters, I think, are fine enough um, to, to keep it from being like, wow, like, this isn't fucking like Ghost Rider, right? Like, this isn't right, you know, back right. in those days, those kind of shitty movies, right? So, um, yeah, so I will say I, it must... Um, all right, I don't know. I have no reason to believe this other than context and what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. I feel like James Gunn has basically just been like, fuck everything that wasn't me working on. Because, mm -hmm. and I guess really this might not even be his decision, but like, I didn't even know this movie was coming out. And then all of a sudden, like a week before it came out, I saw people tweeting about it. And I was like, I had no fucking idea this movie was like anywhere. I didn't see it on like social media i didn't mm -hmm. see it in ads you know what i mean like i just i didn't see it anywhere and i was just wild like usually you still see something like that on like youtube you know what i mean i don't know maybe i'm wrong yeah, like a little ads here there yeah yeah they yeah. didn't do a great job of promoting it and i think if they would have just said it's like because it's not a coming of age talk because the kid is like a you know he's like 22 or 23 so it's not like he's a teenager it's not like a spider-man you can't go with like a spider-man homecoming angle but you can definitely right. be like, this is just a regular kid who gets this power. You know, you can you can definitely market it as, you know, hey, 
aren't you tired of all this fucking multiverse and connecting stories bullshit? Why don't you just come over here and watch a movie that's just a simple fucking story without a thousand characters popping in and out and being like, well, kids, you know, for you to understand what's going on, you're going to have to watch three movies, right? Like, right. you know, for for you to like love Guardians of the Galaxy, it's really great. You know, I think if it was, if one and two had been any less than good, I think three would have probably not done as well. But I think it's like, hey, come watch Guardians 3, which is a sequel to two gigantic, you know, two-part trilogy, or, you know, the third part of a two-gigantic franchise, plus two movies on their own. Come watch the characters. It's like, okay, like, it, you know, only because I trust you, but for, for this, I would have been like, no, we're not doing any of that. Just a simple movie. But for some reason, they just didn't want to market it, or, like, they just, like you said, just like a week before, they were like, oh, shit, that's right, we got to market it. Oh, shit. <laughs> right. Um, I also wonder how much... I wonder how much, like, the compartmentalization of everything has, like, made it extremely hard to market. Which is that, like, you know, if I don't... Like, there are separate streaming services, and if you don't have cable, which I don't, Mm -hmm. um, like, you're... There's a solid chance you're never going to see an ad for anything other than what is on those... You know what I mean? Like, Netflix is going to give you ads for other Netflix shows. Mm Mm-hmm. Hulu's going to give you ads for other shit on Hulu. Max is going to give you ads for shit on Max. Um, so, like, I just haven't seen it. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. before, it was probably super easier to be like, we'll just blast this on cable every, like, twice an hour or whatever. Right, you know, right. and it's like, all right, everybody will see it somehow. Exactly. I wonder how much of that's, like, hamstrung movies and and what's the word I'm looking for here? I want to say publishers, but I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, no, I mean. Studios. Like, uh, to be able to get the word out. Right. It used to be much easier. Because, yeah, you know, before there, you know, the last thing that was monoculture was Game of Thrones. And even, you know, I know that was on HBO, but it could have been on something like ABC or NBC or something. And if it was, then you go, you know, or, you know, like, um, like when Friends was on or Seinfeld, you go, oh, you know, you're watching this gigantic show that the whole country's watching. By the way, there's a new movie called Twister that's coming out this Friday. Watch the right. trailer, you know, right before the final episode or the final uh, commercial break of the show. And then everybody goes, oh, Twister, okay, cool, let's go see it, right? Whereas now it's like, well, how do you even, there's so many diversified channels of attention that it's like, how do you even begin to be like, well, Blue Beetle would be the teens, but like, what are, you, what are teens on TikTok? Okay, well, then, like, which TikTok ones, right? Or, like, yeah. YouTube, it's like, who do we put it on? And um, and I, I do think, I think, you know, for me, they go, well, we, we have to push back movies. Like, they push back Dune 2 because people, actors can't do promotion. And in my mind, I go, well, like, I, I know, for me, I'm like, well, I don't really need them to do promotion. I know what movies are coming out, usually. But then I have to remember, be like, well, you know, people watch, you know, like, Jimmy Kimmel and, you know, Good Morning America. And, you know, those actors, people go on those and they have them on. Or they'll, you know, they'll be in their office. And their office has, you know, like, um, yeah, like, Good Morning America. And after Al Roker gives you the fucking forecast, they'll be like, and now, talking about the new movie, we have uh, Zolo... I forget the actor's name, the main actor. And he was talking about Blue Beetle. And then somebody goes, oh, Blue Beetle, cool. I have to look into that, right? So right. there's no... For me, I don't need that, the SAG actors to, to, to promote it. But I know not everybody has the sort of... Um, you know, sort of like a sight into what's going on in, in movies that are coming out. So, um, Right. I have a, I have a tangential like kind of thought that I had recently, which is that... Uh, one of the fighting games I had played for a little bit called Guilty Gear Strive had like a big season update and they added like a whole new mechanic mm-hmm. that um, like has made, a bit, like 
offense in that game is just much stronger. And, like, I had the thought that, like, imagine you're someone that plays only, like, semi-regularly, but you don't keep up with the game. Let's say you play once or twice a month, but you don't keep up with it outside of, like, literally playing it. You don't keep up with the news cycle at all. I was like, I wonder what it would be like. Like, there, for example, there's one character that was absolutely terrible, and then this update, they gave him, like, a, a little buff, and then they add the system mechanic, which he benefited from more greatly than other people. So mm-hmm. before we were terrible, now he, like, kills you in, like, two hits. Um, like, he hits you once, big combo, hits you again, big combo. And mm-hmm. I was like, I can't imagine what it would be like to, like... It's been two weeks since you played last. You hop on, you 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 start playing. You see this character that you know is trash, and then all of a sudden he just fucking demolishes you, and you're like, "What the fuck happened?" Right? Exactly. And so it's like, like with movies, you know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck? Blue Beetle came out, like, like... exactly, exactly. It's like if you, I forget what I was saying. Oh, it was a friend who was telling me she was like, you know, when when Elon took over and it looked like it was gonna go bad and it looks like it was gonna go under like immediately. I was like, well, you know, people were like, well, you know, we don't need that shit. It can go under for all I care about. I'm like, well, no, because, I mean, I get a lot of news off of it, right? I get movies that are pushed back. Like, today they pushed back the um, Exorcist movie, or they they pushed it up because um, Taylor Swift is coming out with a concert movie, and um, they they, they they would have been in on on the same weekend. And so I was like... I wouldn't have known that. I would have been like, oh, shit, that movie came out last week? Oh, fuck, right? So, (laughs) you know, that's why whenever people were like, I forget what movie. I think it was Barbie or it was some other movie that did well. And people were complaining on Twitter about like, oh, my God, I saw that trailer so many times. I was like, oh, my God, the push out for Barbie. Like, we get it. And it's like. Just because I'd rather somebody be like, wow, we got that trailer a bunch of times then be then be like nobody knew about it I forget, it was a movie I, last year that, I, I know that, what it is it was it gran turismo it, it got might have pushed been back turismo. a week yeah the people... were, it got pushed back a week and everyone was like fuck now i gotta see this trailer like mm-hmm. every time for another week and it's like no they have to like i remember seeing to. that on twitter like, I, yeah you're just not gonna talk about your movie that's coming out <laughs> yeah i mean like um it's like you can't um you gotta promote it. You gotta just fucking bombard people, or else they won't know. Like I forget what movie it was. I think it was at the end of last year that was um, they had the trailer attached to every single print of Top Gun Maverick, right? Mm-hmm. And people were like, "Oh my god!" Like we get it. Like what? Why, why do you have to fucking promote it so much? It's like, um, god, which one was it? Smile. It was Smile. All right, you remember? Oh, okay. the, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and so people, you know, it was it was attached to every single print of Top Gun, and so uh, that's how it became huge. You know, it opened to like thirty mil. I think it ended ended up making almost hundred mil, but that's because you need to put it in front of as many people's eyes as often as possible because people are fucking busy; they don't have time, right? So if you wanted to do Blue Beetle, what they should have done is just put it in front of the Guardians trailer, put it in front of the Barbie trailer. Put a right. the Barbie movie, every single Barbie movie. Put it in front of Oppenheimer, every single Oppenheimer. I mean, I saw it a couple of times in Oppenheimer, but like, you know, they, they sort of saved it for Dune and other ones. You should they, they should have done an all out blitz on both of those movies so that people would know. Hey, next month, Blue Beetle. Hey, this is the next big one, right? Just yeah, for sure. You gotta just bombard people's eyes, right? Because because for every one person that's like, oh, I'm tired of seeing this, 
it, there's going to be like three people that see it for the first time and they're like, oh shit, maybe, you know, and if you get one out of those three or four to watch it, then you're breaking even. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I don't see how, um, how I would watch some, how there would never be a moment, or maybe that's just me, there would never be a moment where I would want to see a movie and yeah. seeing the trailer so often would turn me off from it. I just be like, I, That's what I was actually just about to say. I was like, actually, you still break positive because the person who probably bitches about the trailer had very little interest to see it to begin with. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think it only does good to, to bombard people. Like you know, I, I don't know. But maybe right. that's just me. Maybe somebody would be like, all right, well, I was gonna go see Blue Beetle, but then I saw the trailer one too many times, and now I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah, I. I yeah, I don't know what that person would be like. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, I feel like I would just hate to be around that person in general. All right, so that was Blue Beetle. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything else? Um, yeah, yeah, just one quick one. I'll squeeze in here before uh, you know we see what you've been up to. But uh, I finished. Or, you know, I started and finished. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, season sixteen. Um, and it was fine. You know, Is I, that the I think new it, season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, hey, it, didn't know it came out. Should have bombarded me with that somewhere. <laughs> Uh, it came out, I think, August, maybe late July, some sometime during the summer. But I just I found it because I was watching. What was I watching on Hulu? I think it was The Bear, and I think they were like, "It's halfway through the season." And I was like, "Oh shit, okay, well, I'll add it later." But um, it's eight episodes, um, you know, half hour each, and it's fine. I, I think at this point, there really there's no episode that I'm like. You know, belly laughing over. There's really none that are like shitty where I'm like, oh, what a waste of time. They're just like, it's like a nice sort of kind of like Blue Beetle, like, you know, 65, just a nice, even spending time with people, I, you know, characters that I like watching fuck up and, you know, do dumb shit. Um, you know, Glenn Howerton is, I think, still great as, as a Dennis. He has one episode where he, he really gets to shine and it's like, Dennis you know, push past his breaking point kind of thing. But for the most part, I think the season's just okay. I, and, and the nice thing about it is that if if you find yourself having some time and you're like, well, you know, I, I don't want to watch it, you know, it, it, it being a sitcom makes means that you can, if you didn't watch seasons 15 or 14 or even 13, you know, like, you know what, I just want to start now. You can start now, right? There's nothing, there's no connected tissue, right? There's no, it's like watching The Simpsons or Family Guy. You can jump in wherever, it doesn't matter, right? Because it's, right. it's, it's always the same status quo. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's always sunny in Philadelphia season 16. I'm glad it's still going. I think it's really cool that, you know, even when some of them like Charlie day was in a bunch of movies and then now he wasn't. And, uh, Rob McElhaney, he had, you know, he has uh, his other show on Apple TV mythic quest, but then I think it's still going on. I, I sort of dropped off on that one. He's um, got the welcome to Wrexham thing going, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So as England Howerton was gone in an because of an NBC show, and then like I canceled, and then now he's back. And so it's cool that even when you know they try to do other things, that they're still able to do the show. So it's like a nice little like no matter what goes on in the world, there's always going to be always sunny. So, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's uh, season sixteen. Still pretty funny. Still some great gags. Nothing, you know. There's no more, you know, I think a couple, a few episodes ago, you and I went through, like, uh, bits from, like, the Dennis system and around those yeah. seasons, like, when it was the golden age, and those are, like, like master, master classes in comedy. These are just, you know, it's like later season Simpsons, you know. It still gets yeah. the job done, but it's not what it used to be. Later season Archer, same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, what have you been up to? 
Alright, so uh, a few things, but not really much to talk about. So I could actually probably knock out all of these but one. Um, and I'll save that one for last. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just saw a trailer for Mortal Kombat 1. That shit looks amazing. Just wanted to say that. Mm -hmm. um, was that the one with Batista? Was he in that? I thought I saw him. There was yes, like... he, I did, that's not what I saw, because the thing I saw was from, it was like gameplay. I guess it wasn't a trailer. It was like some gameplay stuff. But ah. yes, there was a there was an actual trailer with Batista, now that you mention it. I haven't seen that. I need to watch it. Ah, but, okay, um, cool, cool. But yeah, there's a, you know, it's, uh, it's Mortal Kombat, super gory, over the top. Um, the one thing that, I don't know if I talked about this at all with Street Fighter, but like, Fighting games are kind of, unfortunately, bare bones a lot. Street Fighter, like, added some more stuff. But really, the pinnacle of the genre, as far as, like, having features and content, as opposed to just, like, you pick two people and fight, has mm -hmm. been Mortal Kombat. And that looks like it's going to stay the same. Like, it looks like they've still put a lot of thought into, you know, like, we want a story for people to play and go through. We want the single-player modes for people to go through and stuff like that, so... Mm -hmm. Um, if you, if you like fighting games, but you're not good at fighting games or, you know, you're not the type of person that would want to play online against other people, um, definitely Mortal Kombat's a, a pretty good jump off point for that. Um, yeah, my brother, he, 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 I, I think he was playing one time, one of the games a couple years ago mm -hmm. and he was like, yeah, this story is all fucked up. Like there's like time travel and yeah. you like. <laughs> It's been the universe has been reset because there's like people who control time and it's like not just about the comp the, the the tournament anymore. It's like this whole thing. I was like, oh shit! I didn't realize it had that kind of uh, what's it called um, lore surrounding it. Yeah. So there's another uh, another reset. They've reset like three times in the past like six years. I feel like or six installments. Mm -hmm. Um, they just keep doing it. But this one. Uh, this one's the most hard to reset, which is basically, and if you listen to Ed Boon, who's the main creator that's still with it, mm -hmm. um, like, I mean, I don't know how much you know about Mortal Kombat. You've seen the movies, right? So, like, yeah. if I told you Raiden was, like, an elder god, there's the tournament, he's, like, Earth Realms kind of god, and Liu Kang is, like, the main good guy for Earth, that all tracks, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so basically a whole bunch of shit happens. The last reset, before the last reset, Liu Kang was a zombie and evil. But anyway, so then there's a reset and he's back to normal. But all the roles are still the same. Um, and then, like, a there is some time travel shenanigans. But, like, ultimately, the good guys are still the good guys. Bad guys are still the bad guys. Um, there's just a new villain and it's not about the tournament anymore. Basically, Liu Kang beats the person that caused all the time shenanigans. Becomes the, the time person as she's fighting Liu Kang, like, breaks time. Mm -hmm. And so Liu Kang gains the ability with time. And it's like, you can either... I can't remember. It was like, I, I can't remember what the choice... Like, his choice was at the end. But basically, his choice was like, I'm just going to recreate everything. So, like, Liu Kang is God now. Um, but the cool thing is, there's, there's still the same characters, but it's, like, vastly different relationships. And... Like, Raiden is just a regular guy with lightning powers. That sounds hilarious. Uh, he's, a, he's a guy with lightning powers, but he's not, like, a god. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so there's there's clearly a lot of stuff going on, and they this is, like, the most hard reset they've ever been. Um, but either way, it looks super fun. 
Uh, like I said, a lot of single-player content. Oh, I don't know if you've taken a look at the Season Pass. Have you seen anything about the Season Pass characters for Mortal Kombat? I don't know why mm, you would, but... Mm-mm. Okay, so mm, it yeah. is... Hold on. They've already announced all the DLC characters in the first season. Hold on. Uh, God. MK1 Season Pass characters. Boop, 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 boop. All right. We get uh, Takeda, uh, Takeda, Takeda, who is a char- a new character from ten, not eleven. But he didn't he didn't come back in eleven, so this will be his second appearance. Quan Chi, who's been in everything, Ermac, who's been in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the red ninja. Uh, the but here here's the three bangers, right? So I don't know if you know. Mortal Kombat's known for having guest characters in like yeah yeah and then they had like uh they had like RoboCop and Terminator and shit the last RoboCop like, Terminator movies. Rambo they had Jason yeah. they had uh what's his name Leatherface is that his name yeah mm-hmm. That's yeah it. yeah I mean they they've had so many fucking people they had Freddy like forever ago like they were really on this early all right so th- their three season pass ca- guest characters mm-hmm. are Peacemaker. <laughs> oh, we have seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Peacemaker, mm-hmm. Homelander, Omni-Man. <laughs> it's the most <laughs> ridiculous thing ever. And, like, I, I was so confused by the Homelander-Omni-Man thing, because I'm like, uh, it's the fucking, uh, show me two differences with this picture. It's the same picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, whatever. So, um, and Ed Boon, they asked Ed Boon about that. Like, what do you say to people who say basically that and he's like well i mean the thing is they're both like evil superman but that means they can do anything so we can make them play wildly different because they can do anything right yeah fair enough um but but yeah peacemaker is gonna be hilarious because you know his shit's gonna be the most gory i feel like it has to be be like shoot motherfuckers or like the eagle's gonna come out and like poke your eyes out or something yeah also just i mean i don't know if it's i've never i still haven't watched the show i need to go watch the show but like it's just the ugliest fucking outfit ever, bro. <laughs> I hate, I hate, every time I see it, I hate it. I hate the helmet. I hate the, like, just the khaki pants. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> in the blue, like, it's like that sort of, like, um, sort of, like, creamsicle. And like, well, not creamsicle, because it's, like, you know, orange. But it's, like, that sort of, like, like sort of bright, vibrant red and, red and blue. Yeah. Um, did you see the movie? Did you watch the, Sui- the Suicide Squad? Yes, I did see that Suicide Squad. Uh, Suicide Squad. Jesus, Suicide Squad movie, uh, yeah. with with him, Idris Elba, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what you're talking about. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I did see that. That was good. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so Mortal Kombat one is fucking all over the place, but that's kind of what you're here for if you're here for it. Uh, yes. The other thing was, uh, I went on a golf trip this past weekend, and I have two stories about that. One of them is basically there's just one hole. Mm-hmm. So we went to a place called Roaring Gap, which I've never fucking heard of, but it's uh, northwest of Winston by about an hour 15. Um, okay. So that puts you in the mountains. Yeah. So there's one hole. You hit you hit your drive, and you go mm-hmm. up to your drive, and your next shot is the most wild shit I've ever seen in my life. It is probably... Man... At least, it, at least a hundred yards straight down, like it's it's like <laughs> down the mountain. You're like it. It's the craziest shit because you hit your golf shot. You you know you track it up into the sky, 
And then as you track it down, you just keep looking down. Like, like you're just like, eh, okay, there it is. <laughs> um, it's just so fucking weird. Uh, it was super cool. Um, mm-hmm. It was in the mountains, so it like, wasn't too hot. Weather was nice. That was all cool. Um, my other story. This is, this is also hilarious to me. And maybe it's just hilarious to me. But the... We got there, and, you know, we check in because we have a house on the golf course. It's run by the resort or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, you know, hey, we're here to get a key, whatever. And so he's yeah. like, the guy that's there, he's like, uh, all right. And he, so he, gra- he looks at, like, these couple stacks of papers. He's like, what's the name again? I tell him the name. He's like, uh, I don't see it. Let me, uh, let me go check somewhere else. And I'm like, I'm sitting there at that moment, and I'm like, one, why didn't it? We check in today. Like, why don't you have this information handy? Two, stack of papers, bro? Like, you have a computer right there. <laughs> like, why are we Why are we still doing this with physical papers? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Anyways, it, it's not like it's not like I needed to sign anything. He, it literally is just like a stack of papers where they keep all their info. I'm like, you guys are doing it wrong. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, that guy goes back, talks to another guy. The other guy comes in. Cool. We, we go to the house, we play golf, uh, we, you know, it, have you ever went golfing? I don't know that you have. Um, no. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, so, hole one is at the start of the course, and then there's 18 holes. So, you're nine, you end back at the clubhouse that is there at one. And then you go to 10 through 18 and end back at the clubhouse. And the idea is, you know, after half a round of golf, you may want to get some food or drinks at the clubhouse. So, anyway, yeah. so we go there, we get lunch. There's a girl behind the counter and gets us lunch. And you're just, I'm speeding through this, but you'll see why I have to mention it. Then we get done, 18, boom, we have to pull the cart back. The guy is cleaning the carts. Cool. Saw him, you know, hey, cart's here. He's like, cool. All right. So we, we leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we're leaving, uh, my stepdad is, is uh, he's like, hey, uh, he asked the person, hey, is there any good places to eat? And she's like, well, there's. Um, we have a restaurant upstairs at night between like five and nine, but mm-hmm. you do have to make a reservation, blah, blah, blah. She's like, okay. And then if you go 15 minutes out of town or out of here towards the town, there's some other stuff. Cool. So we decide like for the first night, we'll just go to the restaurant upstairs. So call, make the reservation. It's like a nice restaurant. They, they want you to wear like casual, I don't know. Not formal, but not casual. Business you know what casual, I mean? like a button up. Yeah, yeah, business casual. Yep, that's exactly what it is. So that's what they're wanting. So we get we get there, and we sit down. And the guy that comes to take our order is the guy that was cleaning the carts. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, why, <laughs> why are you here right now? And so he's like, uh. So he takes the drink order, and he's like, uh, what would you guys like to drink? And uh, the guys, uh, my sister's is like Coke or Pepsi, and uh, my my dad says Coke or Pepsi, and then the guys like, okay, okay, uh, and if we don't have those, what do you want? What kind of fucking question is that? Like? <laughs> <laughs> like you don't know what you have or don't have. Also, mm-hmm. Coke or Pepsi, the two most popular choices I have to imagine. You have both. It's yeah. we got, all we got is RC Cola. Sorry. <laughs> um. But he just meant, like, if they had it in stock or not, which is wild. Anyways, and then, so I say, you know, Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi. And then, 
Luke, Luke's like, uh, I'll have Sprite. So the guy leaves, comes back. Here's your Pepsi. Here's your Pepsi to my dad. It, it's Dr. Pepper, but that's... <laughs> he's like, here's your Pepsi to my dad. Sip up. And he's like, that's not Pepsi. Um, <laughs> he hands me my diet Pepsi. And then he hands Luke the fucking... He hands him ginger ale. He's like, yeah, sorry, we didn't have Sprite. It just gives him ginger ale. I was like, these are not the same thing, bro. <laughs> like, you didn't come ask, like... Hey, sorry, hey, we're out of Sprite. Sprite. What would you like? Like, yeah. he just straight up was like, here's some ginger ale. Like, this will be it's, good. Yeah, it has a little limey taste. You t- <laughs> just taste it. Yeah. <laughs> it was so wild. And then I see, like, two other waiters go by, and it's the dudes that this morning at, like, 10 o'clock were trying to find my room key. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Do you just, like, work here forever? Like, you just... Like... Am I in The Shining? Is it, like, ghosts? You know, it's like, is, is it just, like, one person that's been here for, you know, 200 years? Just doing all the tours? <laughs> it was so fucking weird. So, yeah, every single person we saw that night was somebody else we saw doing, like, a different golf course job. And the thing was, our waiter was terrible. Like, when he came up to ask if we were finished, you know, you know, like, normally a waiter or waitress would come up and be like, uh, are you finished with that? Can I take it? And you're like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. This man walks up and he's like, are y'all done? Like, <laughs> like, this is supposed to be a nice fucking restaurant. Are y'all done? And I'm like, this is clearly a cart boy that is having to be a waiter. Like... And I was like, I wonder if those people this morning that couldn't find my phone, I wonder if they're waiters that had to be like, like, like receptionist <laughs> people. Up, like, he comes up to you like Birdman. Are y'all finished or are y'all done? <laughs> it was the most, he's like, are y'all done? Um, <laughs> oh man, it, that just, it killed me. And he like never showed back up again. There were like three or four groups of people that came in after us that got their food before us. We're like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, that it was just wild. Like just seeing all the same people in different clothes. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? Like, no wonder service sucks. This is your fucking fifteenth hour at work. You're about to go to bed and wake back up here. <laughs> oh god. All right, but anyways, yes, yeah, so that was a golf trip. And then the, uh, I think the, oh, the last thing I'll just mention is I started How to uh, with John Wilson season nice. one. Nice. I'm like. Two or three episodes in, I can't remember. Really, uh, three, three, because the, the fucking raisin brand sunglasses got me. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Febreze is such a simple sticker, and it fits so perfectly because it just mm-hmm. like, goes over the old one. But then my man pulled out the little sunglasses and put them on everything. <laughs> I was like, that had to be the most fucking tedious shit ever. That was um, the first episode where I was like, how the fuck did like how does this happen? Where he's like, because he, he what is he, he's in like another state trying to figure out something and then he meets these people who are like yeah we'll go to a mandela conference he's like yeah sure i'll tag along yeah yeah it's yeah it is super wild and the fucking uh the scaffolding one which has the one bit that threw me for a loop but mainly he's like and uh the hard rock hotel uh collapsed like a week after i was there i was like mm-hmm. god fuck <laughs> When Sydney and I went, there was so that was in like what, like twenty. It collapsed like in twenty eighteen, I think, mm-hmm. or twenty like early maybe mid twenty nineteen. But anyway, we were there for New Year's between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, and that shit was still they hadn't picked it up. Like they like they just like left all that shit down, <laughs> and then they were like, that one of the Ubers was like, yeah, they're trying to figure out how to clean it up. I'm like, what do you mean how to clean it up? You just get a bunch of bulldozers and figure it out later. Like they, <laughs> right. 
you just fucking start pushing shit around and then it'll kind of come to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. You make a big pile and then you figure out how to get rid of that pile later. You don't just leave the shit on the ground. <laughs> exactly. You don't just go, oh, we'll figure it out later. We'll, we'll tidy it up. Don't worry about it. I just yeah. imagine a dude with a hard hat and like a safety vest. The whole mm-hmm. thing falls down. He takes up his heart. He's like, God damn it. And then he just <laughs> slams the heart out on the ground and leaves and never comes back. <laughs> um, the nice thing about... Quit. The interesting thing about how two is that it ends up becoming sort of like not anytime I pass scaffolding in Raleigh or somewhere I'm like oh like how to this is how to or when I Febreze every time I use Febreze now I'm like oh it's like you know that episode of how to and then there's a couple of other things throughout the seasons there's one where he goes to like a Boston what is it called the play Boston Market or Boston Chowder like where they have like food and shit like mm-hmm. you, that. Um, Bang energy drink is something from season uh, two that happens a lot. So, um, yeah, I think season one, I think, is one where you get used to the formula, get used to how he does it. I think it's the one that's, you know, the episodes just kind of end. You know, I don't know if you noticed that they just kind of like things yeah. just kind of he like tries to wrap them up, but that the episode just kind of end. But season two is where he figures out how to narratively narratively make them work. So like at the end of every episode from in two and three. As he wraps up the episode, he brings in things from throughout the the episode, even though they're like from different recordings or whatever, right. and they become more like a tidy bow. And it, I think it makes the, sh- the episodes much better and the show much better as a whole. Um, but uh, yeah, right, so I my mean, only my only question is, yeah, do you think that this man talks like that in regular? In real- life? <laughs> he can't, I'm, right? <laughs> no, I think. The, 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 I think when he's recording himself, he probably he probably talks differently to like his girlfriend or his friends. But when people are talking to him, he goes, "Yeah, okay, yeah." Oh. <laughs> he's like, uh, "When you walk around New York, you have to uh, watch where you step because <laughs> you could step in something that's a little sticky." Or a little wet. <laughs> right. I wonder if I wonder if uh, the best way to naturally recreate that would be like to do your full episode and then as you're doing these sections, like your intros, because mm-hmm. that's where he does it the most, right? He's what he's yeah. trying to explain. He just like he doesn't write anything down and he just watches the recordings like with that with like no audio <laughs> and he's just <laughs> trying to figure out what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> Something, uh, uh, and then he sees like something sticky on the guy. He's like something uh, sticky, or uh, like he's just trying to figure out <laughs> what he did already. Um, did he? I forget. Was it? Did you already see the? There's a clip, or there's a. He does one of the recordings where he's talking about a. He says something like a pig or something. I don't think so. Maybe not yet. Okay, but um, yeah, I love the little humor from that. Like just being like, how did you know? How did you? Well, I'm sure he. You know, he's, I'm sure he's got some. You know, sort of. Um, condition that you know he needs to record everything because he said you know he shows I think or he mentions that he has hundreds of hundreds That's of hours of fucking recording wild. everything. Uh, that and also the where he's like he wrote down everything he did every day and he's got yes. it for like fucking ten years or some mm-hmm. shit. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Just crazy. And then like to be like, how did you even find like a clip that would fit that in that moment? Um, oh I my love- god, the fucking MTV. Oh, my. oh, yes. I was just going to mention that. That's what I was going to mention. <laughs> they kept telling me that I had to uh, turn around because I was looking at directly at the camera. And then they show all the shots with him in the middle of the crowd. <laughs> he's just like, and he looks big. I don't know if he's tall, but he looks tall as shit. And he's just like, 
standing up, turned around, looking around while everyone else is like cheering at the stand. He's just mm-hmm. fucking like looking around. That shit yeah. killed me. And then I think I think what sets it apart is that I think a normal lesser show would take the drunk people who he meets like later on in the episode and would make fun of them or he, it would treat them like, wow, look at these wacky people. But I think the show he goes, well, no, tell me about your life. You know what's up? And he, this guy tells him about right about a friend that passed away, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like. I don't know. I think the whole show has that sort of view on humanity where you meet these people who are just the most bizarre fucking people that you go like, how did you even like meet this Mandela effect people? But then he goes, no, there's like a humanity here. There's especially there's a bunch in season two and three that you just, you know, it's just a person talking about their lives and you go, Oh my God. Like, you know, you want to give them like a TV hug. Um, There is uh, I forgot what I was going to say about it but um oh i think it's in episode one or two where he talks about he's like you never know in new york where you're gonna a door is gonna lead you is that episode one right and he yeah, just opens like sounds, a yeah, dozen doors to, yeah. it, it's like it's like looking through a fucking wormhole every time it's like <laughs> you know it's like wrestling and then one of them is like a karaoke except it's completely empty and except for one person and then one is like a bathroom but it's like a bathroom that has like mannequins in it or some shit yeah yeah the uh, oh, what was this? Oh, did you? I don't know if you remember, but I re- the most wild thing to me in episode two, other than the bit, uh, is did you do you remember the uh, real life Judy Gemstone, uh, in that fucking episode? Mm-mm. He so. asked he asked a dude about the his scaffolding experience. He's like, oh yeah, uh, this guy tied me up to some oh yes, sca- like with the handcuffs, and then he's like. <laughs> You know, and he, like, edged me for, like, three hours. And then he's, like, but I was blindfolded, so I never knew. He's, uh-huh. like, it, he did finish me off. And he, I can't remember what word he uses. I, I It might have been squared. He's, like, it was a lot. Like, <laughs> I was, like, I literally, the whole time I was watching, I was, like, this is that scene from Wreck-It. And I'm sure, I'm sure John Jackson was probably, like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's just, like. I mean, you like telling a complete stranger that. Wow, um, and that's what I'm saying. And so, well, so in season one, I think it's all film stuff that he had filmed before that he just sort of put together into a documentary type. The, the show that he then sold to HBO, and then for I think for season two, he was able to film new stuff, mm-hmm. and he meets these people who I, I told Sydney. She she goes as we watching season season two because it happens a lot more often in season two it's a lot more produced you know you can tell the budget's bigger but he meets these people and they just start telling him everything everything like it's so bizarre and she goes like why are they telling him all of this stuff and they just met him like why are they doing this and i told her i was like i literally think it's because he has a camera that says hbo on it i was about to say he probably just has a camera and they're like and honestly even in season one like uh the production value is clearly lower but like Mm. there's a couple shots in the mirror he's holding a like legit filming game. Oh yeah, like you a know camera. Know I mean? camera. Mm-hmm. Not like you know, not like a phone on video recording or anything like that. Yeah. It's like a legit ass camera. So I'm sure some of it's like, fuck it, I'll be on TV. I'm gonna just say some shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm in a documentary. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like that guy. He's like, why would you tell a strange? Hey, what do you? What's your experience with scaffolding? Well, you know, one time this guy, he, you know, he tied me up. It's like, why would I, anybody ever tell anybody that they just met? <laughs> and that that made, like I said, that. Mixed with the humanity that he shows, mixed with the editing, mixed with like sort of the, the the these places that he goes to in New York that you go, 
what kind of fucking city is this? It, I think it brings it all together. It becomes this like, like, like if aliens came down and were like, what is, what is humanity like? Like what were humans on this earth? I think this is the show I would show them before I show them like Seinfeld or succession or anything like that. I'd be like, this is what encompasses us. There's people who are just the most, just yeah, random, I was about just... To say the problem. The problem is you show them that they're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just like people who just like regular they're just like work at a convenience store and they talk about how you know they you know just grew up and did their thing in new york and there's people who are like yeah you know i used to i think i sent you a tweet where he was like you know he's like we're gonna learn about you know how to start a car and then 20 minutes in somebody's like yeah and then i just started drinking rainwater and just rainwater. <laughs> yeah and uh, i started exclusively drinking rainwater 14 years ago yeah <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, yeah. Keep keep trucking on. I think I'm excited to hear like your thoughts, especially because I think this today, at the time of this recording, the series ends tomorrow. Tomorrow is the last, the final episode, like forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a tweet of somebody who was like a reviewer of um, you know, they get like uh, screeners, and they said mm-hmm. that they're like they said they're hard pressed to find another American movie as good as the finale of this show is tomorrow. So I'm like, God damn. I said, do you think think you'd be able to hold off talking about it until I finish it? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, If I go through it as quick as righteous gemstone. No. Yeah. Yeah. If you, yeah. If if, you know, next time you're coming like, Oh dude, I, you know, I'm I'm halfway through season three already in two weeks. Um, we can definitely wait after that. Cause I'd love to to just do like a deep dive as the series as a whole. And then, um, you know, favorite bits and, and favorite people that he meets. Um, cause dude, sometimes like there was one lady me, he meets, who sells apartments and then he asks like one question that's like a little not off but he goes well oh you mentioned this what does that mean and she goes oh yeah yeah this and you your mouth just like you're just agape you're like what what <laughs> you know and it's like that the whole time it's like he just meets random people who either are outwardly weird right off the bat or they just look like regular people at the grocery store and they're like, yeah, you know, you know, my, my dad is my brother or some, some weird shit like that. <laughs> you're like, oh, fuck? Oh, man. Uh, what made me... Uh, another one that just kind of like popped in my head just because she had women selling apartments. Uh, when he talks to the travel agent, it's just a Puerto Rico woman. She's like, you know, will I ever find love? I don't know. Like, she goes on and on. Like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. I'm, I'm not looking for anything, but if I found something, I'll take it. And he, she just keeps going. And I'm like, is right. this not weird to you? Stop talking. <laughs> All right. I, I think I think most people who would just be like, wow, interesting. And they would sort of try to cut something off. But he just keeps asking questions. He's like, I think people, if, if somebody shows genuine interest, I think that's probably his, his strongest, I guess, um, asset or his strongest uh, personality um, trait trait is that he seems genuinely cur- genuinely curious about everything he touches or everything he records right? right and so that's why when somebody goes yeah you know this is a jack he goes wow that's a jack oh so this turns off the car right yeah you just have to turn it oh wow wow how many <laughs> you know? so it, it's um yeah it's it's uh it's, it's fascinating He's but like, is this so this is called the tailpipe and the guy was like yeah you know i fucked the tailpipe once <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't go ew right there's no judgment behind it why did you do that yeah right um do, do you do you see now like how do you even uh recommend this show to somebody not in like because it's not good but just like how do you even describe what it is oh right? yeah uh, after the first episode i like 
if I watched the first episode and had never heard anything else about the show, like nobody ever told me good, bad, blah, 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 I don't mm-hmm. know that I would have continued watching. It's such a weird, just like, not because not the first episode's bad or uninteresting. It's just like, uh, what do I got here? Like, what Like what yeah. am I, I'm, I'm literally watching someone's like video diary. And like, that's interesting, but like, I don't know that I want to watch their video diary every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's like it. It would be. It'd be literally. It'd be so hard to explain. It's it's, it's like there's no way you know for you know like um, righteous gemstones. You'd be like, well, right. you know, it's a it's a comedy about a family who's in mega church. Boom, Danny McBride. Boom. But this, it's like, how do we even do like an elevator pitch for this? It's like, well, it's a guy who recorded a bunch of stuff, but now these aren't his recordings. He stitched them into a documentary, but it's not quite a documentary. And he meets mm-hmm. bizarre people, but it's about storytelling and about human connections. But like, not but there's him, no like, overarching story. There's no overarching <laughs> story. It's just like each episode does have his own like sort of theme or idea. Um, and that's the nice thing about seasons two and three is I think each episode has its own thing that you could definitely, it definitely does a better job of being like this episode, he said it was about bird watching, but it's really about this, right? right. Or he said it was about, um, I forget what, like, uh, working out, you know, how to, how to stay in shape, but it's really about self-image, right? I think as the series goes on, it gets so good at honing those clips and honing those people that he meets into these like little stories that make um, so much sense when you finish them, which I think season one, I think he, he tries and I think he succeeds here and there, but I think it's not quite as tight as seasons uh, two and three. Just because we probably just, you know, doesn't have as much money. Doesn't, I think by season two, I think he, he was able to get like a bigger, um, what's it called? a bigger crew to work with. And yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I I agree. I'm interested to keep watching. Uh, definitely, definitely gonna keep checking that out. Nice. All right. So, what else do you have to talk about before we talk about Righteous Gemstones season three? Yeah, I got uh, two more. I watched a Studio Ghibli movie called uh, Porco Rosso. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is one of his, uh, you know, uh, Miyazaki's smaller, uh, not quite as critically acclaimed movies. You know, not, not like a Princess Mononoke or Kiki's Delivery Service or, um, let's see, other big one, Spirited Away. I think this is one of his, like, this is like a bug's life. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, like, yeah. Um, and uh, I would say it's probably as good as something like A Bug's Life or Toy Story 3 or, I'm trying to think of minor, Incredibles 2, like minor Pixar, right? Right. Because even minor Pixar is better than most animated movies, if not like 95% of them. And I think right. this is the same. It's like this, it's about a man who's been turned, uh, a man, I think an Italian man in, I want to say the 1930s or the 1920s after World War One, he's been turned into a pig. He's been cursed and he, be, he becomes a pig. And so now he's, he's um, a bounty hunter and it's just him in the Mediterranean flying his like, uh, sort of like, you know, Red Baron, you know, what are those planes called? Like a uh, the biplanes, the biplanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and it's just like a light, light, breezy. You know, there's no sort of heavy stakes to it. You know, they are bad guys, but it's very much. You know, the the threat is. You know, there's not violence. It's like I'm gonna beat you, Porco. Like it, it, it in like a racing type of way. It's very. Um, the stakes are very low. But it's beautiful, like, animation. Like, you have these uh, dog fights, and you can tell where everything is, which is, you know, I, I can only imagine how you even begin to animate a, a dog fight, right? Like, how do you right. give scope 
you know, in, in a 3D animated movie, you can just, you know, you can build the frame and then you can build the set, the set, put your camera wherever you want, and then sort of film it that way. But in this, you just have to mentally be like, all right, well, you know, he's over here. Then I have to make sure to get the scale right here and there and stuff. So it's incredibly impressive. Um, and it's, it's, it's like 90 minutes. So I think if... I can't remember if when we talked about Kiki's delivery service, um, I can't remember. Have you seen many of his, of Miyazaki's? Have you seen any of them? Like, uh, I actually have I've heard of a bunch of them, but I, and I know some very vague stuff about them, but I have not seen them. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I think for the, you probably like if you were going to start, or if you were like, let me check one out. I don't think you would. You should start with this one. I think this is more like a, pla- a palate cleanser. I think there are some. I, th- I think I've heard that. Uh, Nausicaa of, uh, of the Valley of the Wind. I think that one's a little heavy. I've heard Princess Mononoke is a little heavy. So I think this is one of those where, like, you know, you watch The Incredibles and you watch Up and then you watch Ratatouille and then you watch this one and then you go back to, you know, Inside Out and Toy Story 2, right? So it's like a right. little, you know, you, you go, oh, okay, like the studio's not going for 100 every time. It, it just happens to hit often, but, you know, every now and then it goes, no, we want something a little light. You know? Yeah. Um, gotcha. But... Yeah, but it's uh, Porco Rosso, and it's um, I wa- oh I watched it because they're doing the studio or what is it? Yeah, the Studio Ghibli Fest. So at my local theater, I think once a month or maybe twice a month, they do the old movies. Okay. Um, and so we I got to watch that one. And I think Sydney and I are going to try and go see uh, Howl's Moving Castle next month, okay. and then Spirited Away in uh, October. And I think that's where it ends. It always ends with Spirited Away because it's like his people it's like considered his masterpiece right uh but uh yeah so i watched that and you know they brought it that back to theaters um and then they also brought back old boy from 2003 as a part of its 20th anniversary they brought it back to uh, theaters here um have you ever seen it have you heard of old boy have you do you know about it uh yes i don't know Hmm. All right, so I don't know. Ex- I don't know specifics or like. Uh, sorry, I do know some specifics. I think. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I don't know specifics. I know a big plot point, um, and I know some scenes. I've never seen the whole thing through. I know mm-hmm. that. I know the hallway scene. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yes, mm-hmm. which is you know referenced over and over again. Yeah, um, they actually, actually referenced it in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a new one. <laughs> It was like a little bit, yeah. Um, so I know the hallway scene, mm-hmm. and uh, spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen Old Boy from someone who hasn't seen Old Boy. Um, how old is this movie? Also, like uh, twenty years. Mm-hmm. Twenty years. God. All right. So the 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 pain in my soul because right before you said twenty years, I was typing into Google. It said 2003. I was like, uh, and you're like, 20 years. Like, oh, fuck, that's 20 years ago. <laughs> God, that was 20 years ago. God damn. Uh. Uh, <laughs> uh, that clip of uh, Kevin Hart talking to Don Cheadle. Oh, yeah. Said that, like, damn. Damn. Uh, <laughs> and then Don Cheadle was like, staring at him. Just like, sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, 20 years old. Uh, spoiler alert. I'm pretty sure the guy, all right, the guy pissed somebody off in the beginning, I think. And then something happens, and basically they get him to unknowingly fall in love with his daughter? hmm Yeah. Okay, and the big thing is he has no idea it's his daughter, right? Because right. yeah, they haven't seen each other in yeah. forever. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I, I don't know what goes from there. Um, so that's I know the big twist, which is yeah. kind of shitty. But I, 
I've heard nothing but good things about this movie, so I still want to see it at some yeah. point, no, despite yeah. knowing it the is twist. One hundred percent worth watching. I it was incredible. Um, I was this your first time seeing it? No, I actually watched it in high school. Um, okay, I think I watched it because um, I used to go through like um, like IFC and. Okay. Uh, Turner Classic Movies. I think it might have, it should have been IFC or maybe like yeah, like IFC Channel. Like you know they have the indie movies. And I think I was just clicking through and I had heard about it and I was like, oh, oh boy, let me record it on the DVR. And then I watched it in high school. And did I was you know the friend, twist before you watched it? I did, yeah. So okay. I knew the twist because I was telling my friend after we left the movie, I was like, what did you think of the twist? And she had never seen it. She was just like, that was crazy. Like I, he, she said she got it like. A beat before the movie revealed it. Like she sort of put it, put it together, and she was like, oh, and I was like, I know I could tell because she literally like her. She like was sitting one way, and she was like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> um, but I had I knew about it the way that I I somehow know so many horror movies because of the fucking Bravo's One Hundred Scariest Movie Moments. Uh, because of that goddamn series that I always <laughs> talk about, which I'm going to talk about, I guess, yeah, next time or maybe a week, a time after, but. Um, I think it was like top 10 or maybe top 20 and they had Eli Roth talking about it. He's like, yeah, old boy. Right. And I remember watching it as a kid. And like I've said before, you know, before I watched that series, you know, horror movie, you know, like Chucky and like Freddie and Jason, like, wow, this is all horror has. And that series was like, no, there's like this whole universe of horror beyond what you could even imagine. So that's where I first learned about the audition and that twist. And they talk about old boy in that too. And he mentions, uh, Eli Roth mentions, and he goes, yeah, you know, they, they think he's it's his daughter, but it's really like this. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I knew about the twist, and I watched it in high school. But even watching it now, it felt like a new movie. I remember watching it in high school, and because I knew the twist, I was sort of like, well, when is it going to happen? When are they going to reveal it? And the movie felt a little slow. But then watching it now, the movie, it just moves so fucking fast. And uh, it it's uh stylish as hell there's like camera pans and moves and this this the the, the it, it feels very much like a mix between you can see the influences from something like uh pulp fiction or tarantino or even the matrix there's a lot of shots that reminded me of the matrix like super close-ups of stuff mm-hmm. like um the music sounds a little bit like matrix so if you they would make a great double feature in terms of style um but and it's violent as hell. You know, the, the the scene in the hallway is crazy. But then there's like, uh, you know, people pull teeth out with hammers. And then there's like, he eats an he, he Well, he, well, but there's stuff happens. And then um, <laughs> just like super violent shit. Um, the guy next to me, who, I mean, I didn't know him, but he was to my right. He, like, he kept wincing during the whole scenes. He'd be like, oh, 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 oh. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic. There's the, it's. It's it's a revenge movie, right? But I think the twist and I think the stylish look and the performances, I think, elevate it to the best version of what a revenge story could be, right? So everybody's seen shit like Man on Fire or... Um, I'm trying to think of another one where somebody... Uh, Man on Fire. What movie is that? Is that Denzel? Yeah, Denzel. Yeah, where they kidnap... I feel kidnapped. like I've only seen it once and I don't remember at all what it's about. <laughs> like They kidnap... Uh, Dakota Fanning? Dakota Fanning, yeah, yeah. That's a good one, but that's like a solid one. Um, the only thing I remember from that movie... I, it's funny. I don't know how, but it got mm-hmm. brought up on the golf trip. But the only thing I remember from that movie is like... I'm pretty sure there's a scene where he's like drinking and it's like almost like a montage. And he keeps like 
uh, pulling the hammer back on the gun and like trying to catch the bullet. Right? Uh-huh. Is that that movie? Yeah. Uh-huh. He goes, <laughs> he goes, <"Whoa." laughs> Yeah. In his hand, yeah, yeah, that's a great one, and so that's like a that's like a a pretty good entry into it into the the um, revenge thing, um, but then this is like the best that you can get, and I think it looks stylish as hell. It looks great, and yeah, it, as um, far as the stylishness goes, you can mm-hmm. like there's no argument because. Like, the first thing I said was, like, you know the hallway scene? And you're like, oh, yeah, even this movie 20 years later, like, has an homage to the, like, the hallway scene. There, mm-hmm. I talked about Sifu, uh, the little martial arts game that came out either early this year or last year, I feel like. It could also mm-hmm. have been, like, three years ago, and I could just be fooled. But either way, like, um, I talked about how there's a hallway like fight in that game like the, yeah. that hallway fight shows up everywhere and you don't do that by being generic you know what i mean right but, exactly yeah. right yeah. and apparently the reason that he filmed that as a one long take in that way was because he hated having to do action choreography so he was just <laughs> like fuck it we're just gonna do it on one long take and you guys just swing at each other and we'll figure out as we go along right That's um but yeah and apparently so they they re-released it and for like a week and a half or maybe two weeks and they made more money in that re-release than they did when it first came out 20 years ago i think when it came out it just barely made like i think like a million dollars maybe less and i think it was one of those like um word spread cold like you know oh you know my brother told me about this movie in college oh let's put you know he give me yeah. the, the the vhs let's watch it like on a sleepover kind of thing like that sort of like underground yeah. um word of mouth thing um but yeah if you get a chance to see it it's great i think sometimes and I, th- I think, you know, people hear, oh, it's a Korean movie. And you just imagine, like, oh, it's going to be maybe slow or it's going to be, like, subtitles. I mean, it was subtitled, which I'm, I'm glad about. I've I, I'm always been you know, sub, not dub. But it's, you know, it, it moves at an insane clip. Like, you know, and, and there is no slow moments. It, you know, there is stuff, you know, there's there's moments where the characters talk and, you know, they, they build relationships. But, it, you know, it, it's not boring. It's not slow. I think... Um, earlier this year, I mentioned going to see that movie Audition about yeah. the horror movie. And that one, I think, I, I, that one I would probably say is a little slow. I thought it was going to be a little bit more fast-paced, but there's like some long sequences of conversations. Um, it's like a, basically like a drama. It's it, it, it's definitely, I don't know if I could, even with its like shocking ending, I don't know if I could recommend it to somebody, even if they were horror fans, just because it's it's not quite, you know, as polished as something like this. Right. Which I think is much more fully formed. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, that was old oh boy. But yeah, that uh, two two you know, um... on my uh, ever growing, ever stagnant uh, to watch list. <laughs> uh, yeah, two. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just keep adding movie movies and, and not ever being able to catch up. Um, well, you know, there's there's so many. I think you know, there's definitely some that I think are much more. Um, vital like i think like whiplash or something like that these are more like you know if you get a chance like if somebody comes up to you like bro let's watch old boy like yes i've heard great things yeah all right so that's that anything else you wanted to talk about um no that's it that's all the the that's all we've been watching all right so that's all that i that i've been watching yeah so righteous gemstone season three yeah um was pretty good Uh, i think I I think so far season two is my favorite. Uh, yep, same, same. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Same. Um, so season three doesn't. It's not not good. It's just uh, 
I don't know. I feel like it's a little less... What's the word? Focused? Um, Mm -hmm. Like, season two has, like, a very clear through line that, like, the events all kind of... And, like, this kind of just feels open and going in a couple different directions. Um, But, but yeah, so... I I like season two the best you said you the same. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'll probably go season two, my favorite, and then season... I'll probably go two, three, one. Yeah, I think so. Um, Definitely some things that absolutely killed me this season... Um, I sent you, uh, I sent you a clip. I don't know why it killed me. They see her, uh, having the affair and she's like, he's like, yuck, y'all a bunch of dirt bag. Cause oh, <laughs> he's like, I'll have, you know, that lady's married. And the guy's like, yeah, I am too. He's like, yuck, y'all a bunch <laughs> of dirt bags. Um, that shit killed me. Uh, the, uh, it's the... a shame Oh, go ahead. You know, the, the uh, Uncle Baby Billy's Bible Bunkers. Yeah, Baby, uh, Baby Billy's Bible Bunkers. All right, so it's a shame that he takes a backseat for a lot of this uh, mm-hmm. season, I feel mm-hmm. like. But, God, every t- Also, I don't know why. It kills me that every single time he says it, he says Baby Billy's Bible Bunkers. <laughs> like, he never just says, my show. And he's like, God damn it, you're going to give Baby Billy's Bible Bunkers a chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's just the whole thing it's like it's it, i think i i think i told you maybe somebody else where it's like it, it's very obvious that in the writer's room they it like clicked and so then they were like there's no way we're not gonna put it in every single time yeah right and, and they used to do that in eastbound and down you know they used to i think one of the seasons they try to open up like a a wing stand at the mall and so okay. i think one of them says fix and so they they just say it as often as they can like oh fixings. yeah there's so many fucking fix and stuff for this motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> um, God, I de- I only saw I think the first two seasons of Eastbound and Down. I really need to go back and, and watch. Yeah, that it. was a great one. That was one where like season one was great. Season two is pretty good. I think three tries to a little too hard, but then four I think changes what he wants to do, and it becomes becomes my uh, favorite season. Okay, because um, I feel like, like I oh. might have started season three and just kind of mm-hmm. like been like, eh, I think I'm good on this. Yeah, um, I think season three. He's still trying to play baseball. Yeah, because he was in... Yeah, yeah, Season three, I think he tries to play baseball in America after he comes back from, comes back from Mexico one last yep. time. That's and then I think that. season four, he... he They... um He retires, and he try, they try to make him a TV personality, like a talking head, like a Stephen <laughs> A. Smith thing. So you can only imagine where yeah. that goes and, like, what his ego <laughs> does. I, it my, has an, favorite, my favorite thing that happens to Eastbound and Down that I can remember is... Like, it's the thing that I reference the most, I guess. Because, like, I, I know I remember all the Will Ferrell shit being hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the thing that I keep coming back to, it's not even a bit that keeps recurring, I don't think. But it's his fucking motivational tape. He's like, I'm fucking in, you're fucking out. Like, it's like he sits <laughs> in his car and puts in his own motivational tape. That mm-hmm. shit kills me. Um, every time I think about it, but yeah, anyways, but Righteous Gemstones, yeah, like you said, they, they just like, the first time he said, like, Walton Goggins puts on his southern accent, he's like, baby Billy's Bible bunkers, they're like, that's the one, <laughs> every time, um, I was dying laughing when they were like, get the hell out of here, you paraplegic, he's like, yeah. could, could a paraplegic do this, <clears throat> and he starts like, <laughs> the little moonwalk, I think, yeah, <laughs> He's like, oh, it's okay. not good. <laughs> like you said, that he's like, it's not gonna be the last you see of me. And he's like, 
I I know you're my fucking uncle. You're a fucking uncle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh, so goddamn funny. Um, uh, the fucking god. Uh, Aunt Tiff comes in with the fuck when they're kidnapped with the fucking dolls. That like, the voodoo. He's like he's like, oh yeah, thanks for the voodoo dolls. Like they're clearly not supposed to be voodoo dolls. <laughs> Uh, and the thing I love about that uh, scene is that everybody's like, what the fuck? And John Goodman is the only one who's like, oh my god, thank you so much. These are incredible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He's like, you're forgetting your baby. He's like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. I <laughs> did. <laughs> she runs back. <laughs> oh, man. Um, he's like, he's like the- I'm your mentor. He's like, no, you're not. He's like, yes, I am. <laughs> they have the- <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> God, oh, yeah, it, oh, yeah, they're playing the Bible bunkers, and he goes, mm, mm, and everybody's like, oh. And then uh, Judy's like, it's okay, everybody, he's my uncle. <laughs> it, cu- it cut out, sorry, what? he's? Uh... Oh, oh, sorry, it, um, where um, they're doing their Bible bunkers, the game, yeah. and then he kisses Judy, and everybody's like, I don't know. And then she goes, it's okay, everybody, he's my uncle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was still in Sydney, I was like, it's incredible, or it's it, like, kind of like with the line with the Bible bunkers. It's obvious that HBO was like, here, you have X amount of money to do what you want with a monster truck. And they fucking ran with it. They did yeah. everything they could with that monster truck. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Oh, man. Um, God. Oh, I was... This is this is weird. I I love Steve Zahn. I'm so, I was so happy to see him. Um, cause I feel like he's just randomly not in much. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing him, I was like, oh my God, I yeah. can't believe he's in this. Like, I don't, I don't remember the last thing he was in before this, but I feel like it's been a fucking minute. Um, but yeah, he, I, I like seeing him. He was good in it. You know what I mean? He, he played his part pretty well. <laughs> God, when he's doing the fucking, uh, yeah. the prayer mm-hmm. and like it fucking points it directly at the guy. He's like, even though I can't remember what he says, but he's like, and you know, uh, and I am your voice, and, and like I am the one that's leading this. Blah blah. blah. Oh God, that that was great. <laughs> when he threatens the family, and then he's like, "All right, I'm leaving," and he like goes up to BJ and honks his nose, and he goes, uh, "Yeah, it, it happened so fast." He, just, he picked out the weakest link. <laughs> <slink. laughs> he uh, clearly picked you out as the target in the weakest link. <laughs> That's, I think that's what Danny McBride says. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. It happened so fast. I didn't even get a chance to, to react. Oh, God. God yeah, so, so I mean, it's a good season. There's plenty of funny bits. It just it feels a little less focused, yeah. a little less tight than some of the other ones. Like, like literally, baby Billy. Even some of the uh, baby Billy's the... Bible bunkers is just like a little side thing that keeps popping up for no reason, and that's like the whole extent of how baby Billy's involved in the season. Like it's yeah. very loose. You know what I mean? Like... Right. And I wish, yeah, hopefully they get a chance to bring him back. But, um, but yeah, two things. Oh, one, I, it, it actually has like a surprising, you know, a couple of action scenes here and there that I thought were pretty good. Like that car chase scene, I thought was actually yeah. pretty good for a comedy. Yeah. Um, sure. and with a uh, Gideon driving the getaway car. And then, um, I thought at the end, where Steve Zahn goes in and that explosion goes off and he thinks his son is dead. I thought that looked awesome. He's like walking yeah. in and it just like does like a breaking bad like 
explodes. Oh, yeah, like, he comes in the shot. The I, like, I even re- yeah. rewound it. Yeah, I rewound it. I was like, what the f- How did they do that? Because he's like walking and people are like in the explosion. They like, they're like screaming and stuff. I was like, that was like really good uh, for a comedy. Um, but yeah, that's one thing. And then the second thing, um, I don't know how they're going to do season four because it feels like the final scene that feels like a series finale. Like it feels like everybody is where they like want to yeah, be. I Gideon's going to be. And I felt a little right? weird like, about it. Like, the whole, yeah. like, uh, the mom's ghost watching, and I was just like, this didn't feel like this kind of show. Like, this is a weird, like, it's a bow, but I was just like, I just wasn't expecting a bow. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, exactly. Same, same. Like, especially because I think I'd seen that they were renewing it, and then I saw that, I was like, everybody's done. Like, BJ and Judy are together, and she sort of got over what she needed. You know, uh, Danny McBride's been a little bit more... Uh, he, he, oh, he he learned that he needed his wife and he had to support his wife in what she was doing. Yeah. And then um, Calvin, you know, he uh, found out that he was in love with uh, Keith, and right then, so like, or that 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 the whole time was is actually love, and I just like the sort of like you're my my underling. So I'm like, where the fuck are they gonna go now? Like, what 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 possible ground is there to the arcs? But you know, maybe it could be you know maybe it'll be like Barry, right? Where like season three would have been a great finale. Season three is fantastic. It's an all-time season. And season four is pretty good, and it maybe ends it, but you could easily have ended it here, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Baby uh, Baby Billy wasn't in much of the season. Next season is Baby Billy season. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Baby Billy season approaching. Fuck, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was cracking up at the beginning where he's like, he's like, I can't just... I can't just be in a, you know, poolside drinking free drinks and getting the sun and hanging out with my in wife a nice, and my kid. In a super nice hotel. A super nice hotel. That's not how a man's supposed to live. <laughs> She's like, you're doing really good for someone that used to be talented. He's like, used to. <laughs> or used to be famous. He's oh, yeah. Like, used to. He's like, uh, everybody knows that on, uh, there's different parts of your journey being famous, and I'm just in a different part right now. <laughs> <laughs> then he sees the fucking game show. He's like, we're going to have us a goddamn TV show or some shit. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, also, I feel like I can't remember exactly. I feel like he does some version of you want to suck an old man's dick this season. <laughs> like, I think they're in the car again, and he says some shit. Oh, yeah. want to pull over? <laughs> yeah. He's just, yeah, because then he's talking about partying with Gene Hackman. He's like, "Yeah, Gene Hackman." Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, at least to, I get, it was. to get, uh, yeah, to get um, God, Dusty or whatever his name yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Shay Wickham showed up. We, I, I sent you that immediately. I was like, Shay Wickham. I can't believe like he's just all everywhere. All he's in everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere. He's like one of those guys. Like once you know who he is and like you notice him, he's in everything. And then, uh, oh, what's funny is so after I finished season three, it popped up like you should watch. Vice Principles, and like it's uh it's like a drawn thing. You can clearly tell Danny McBride on the top left, right? And because it, but it's hand drawn. It's not a straight up picture. Mm-hmm. And and it's like I was like, did him and Walton Goggins do a show already? And I looked, and it was like Walton Goggins is in Vice Principles. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Now I'm like, I need to watch that show because I think Walton Goggins is great in this one. Yeah, and um, it also has a. Judy, the actress who plays Judy, she's in that too. Yep. And I saw that the guy that created it is fucking Levi and like the guitar guy in uh, Danny McBride's crew in Righteous Gemstones with the long hair. 
where he oh, was oh. going through. He was yeah. like, you know, all of you have loved ones and families, blah, blah. And, you know, you would understand if you did. And he's like, he's like, I got, he's like, nah, you, uh, you're alone. You would understand. Um, <laughs> shit's on him. But, uh, but yeah, apparently that's the guy that created Vice Principals when I looked it up. So, um, but yeah, anyways, it's, it looks like it's, a. also it looks like maybe Vice Principals didn't last very long. Yeah, um, I, I, ne- I never heard bad things. I never heard great, like, amazing things. Like, I've heard, you know, people tweet about Righteous Gemstones or about Eastbound and Down, and both of them are, like, um, very effusive in their in their love. They're like, wow, it's incredible. And But Vice Principals, I always heard, eh, it's pretty good. It was, it's fine, right? So yeah, I think I might eventually seasons. get around to it, just because I do love Danny McBride and Walton Goggins, and I think Jody Hill was also in it. He, direct- he like, um, is part of the, the, um, the like, uh, creation team, so... Yeah, I mean, I think one day I definitely want to check it out. Oh, yeah. So Jody Hill is the guy I was talking about. I didn't realize that was his name. Uh, uh-huh. But uh, also, just so you know, click the Vice Principals, click class. Do you know who else is in Vice Principals? Who? Shay Wiggum. Uh, oh! He's, he's in he's fucking everything, everything, bro. <laughs> Our boys oh, in everything. also, Steve Little. It says Steve Little's in it. The I remember him from Eastbound and Down. Um, oh, yeah. Stevie? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll probably end up checking that out at some point. It's not next on my list, but it's it's uh, it's I'm gonna have to. Um, but yeah, anyway, season three really solid. Uh, not mm-hmm. not peak, but still really no. solid. No, yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Also, like it doesn't. I, I don't know. Like it's it plays such a small role, but the fucking cape and pistol society kills me. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he fucking walks and he's just swinging the cape around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 he's like you, yeah, he's, and he gets all dizzy and like walks into the wall. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that was Righteous Episode Season Three. I mean, if you've already seen seasons one and two, it's not like I'm gonna tell you to just drop it. Uh, really good. Yeah. So, all right, so we'll move on to our last thing, which is gonna be our NFL preview, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Every year, we make Super Bowl picks, and we make MVP picks. Um, so, would you like to give your Super Bowl picks? Uh, yeah. So, um, last year, I actually gave them out. I got one of them right. So, last year, I said it was the LA Rams against the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the Chiefs won. So, I got mm-hmm. that right. But then the Rams didn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> which, I think, happened the year before, where you got one of them right. I think you said... Um, Fuck, who was Super Bowl champ two years ago? Was it the Bucks? Was it? Maybe. Christ, I'm getting old. I'm forgetting the Super Bowl champs. But you got one of them right, and then I got none of them right. Um, but yeah, so last year I had the Rams and the Chiefs. I got one of them right, one of them wrong. Um, but I think this year, I think, I don't want to be a fucking homer, but I think it's going to be the Cowboys versus the Jets. Um, hopefully I get one of them right. Hopefully the right one, but we'll see. Um... <laughs> So, I just think the team. I just think the team's looking pretty good, but um, yeah, we can talk about it in a little bit. What, what do you have? Okay, so last year, <laughs> last year, big oof for me in my fucking uh, um prediction for the Super Bowl. Uh, I picked the Raiders and the Cardinals, and. Both of those teams had such catastrophic seasons that they're like, we just got to blow the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so because I, I remember I was like, Derek Carr's got Devontae Adams coming. Like they, mm-hmm. he has a history with him because I think they played in college, right? Yeah, and I was he like, had the hey. fucking leading rusher. 
He, Josh oh, Jacobs. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, this, this is going to be it. It's a comeback story for Derek Carr because he had a bad year the year before. Nah, man, my man's whole career is in jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> he plays so shittily, they literally benched him. God. That'll come up later. Uh, and then and then the Cardinals, who finished fourth in their division, you know, a division that has four teams, they finished fourth in it. Uh, and, again, Kyler Murray, they're like, he's not, like, he shouldn't even, like, fuck him. He's not, like, and I'm just like, God, what has happened? I was so wrong. Um, yeah, they're like, their whole organization is in peril. Yeah, like, it's just, it's just a fucking mess. My, I was very wrong. Um, I was about as wrong as you could be, I think. Um, <laughs> I think without, without, delibri- without deliberately trying. You know what I mean? Like, if you yeah. were like, I'm going to go Browns and, I don't know. Lions. Sh- yeah. Well, no, see, that's the thing, is you would accidentally oh, do well with the Lions. Yeah. So, yeah, no, maybe it's literally as bad as you can get. Um, Browns and the Bears. Right. The Bears might have been better than the Cardinals. I don't know. Um <laughs> But anyway, so uh, the my Super Bowl picks this year. So you mm. said, like, you don't want to be a homer, but, you know, our team looks really good. I'm going full-on homer. Don't give a fuck. I'm picking <laughs> us for the Super Bowl. Um, I, uh, all right, so here's – I do the uh, – when I make these picks every year, mm-hmm. I treat them like I was betting uh, money in Las Vegas, which is that, like, I could just be like, I think it'll be – Chiefs and Bills, or not Chiefs and Bills, but you know what I mean, like Chiefs and whatever. The Eagles, and just, you know, like yeah, the, the, yeah the Chiefs, Bengals, Chiefs the ones who were there before. Yeah, Chiefs and Eagles, Bengals and Eagles. Uh, but like, I'm not gonna make as much money if I get that right. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like full homer. Do I honestly believe we're gonna be in the Super Bowl? No, um, but our team is really good, and so I'm going with with uh, Cowboys. And then my other thing is last year. You took one easy route and chose the Chiefs, so this year I'm going to take an easy route and say the Chiefs. So I'm going to say Cowboys <laughs> Chiefs uh, for the Super Bowl. Nice, nice. I mean, hopefully it happens. Either one of those, I'd be down with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, well, you and I had talked about this before, and I, like I said, I don't want to be a homer, but it's like it feels like the first time when it's all come together in a way that I'm like, I, I trust the team. I think there's been teams in the past I think well, I think the closest I can probably come to is 2014, going into the season, being like, I feel good about this. You know, I think I like where that defense was, I like where that offense was, and I feel how, that's how I feel about now. Where I think the defense is pretty good. I think you can't go wrong with Micah Parsons, and I think the offense finally, you know, getting uh, Brendan Cooks and getting Gallup back at full strength. And even though we lost Dalton Schultz, I think the new the tight end Ferguson, I think he should be able to fill in the role. So I think. Um, I like where the offense is at, right? I like, and so I'm like, well, you know, like, I just hope that Mike McCarthy doesn't, he won a Super Bowl before, so I'm like, I hope he doesn't do fucking dumb shit and, like, fuck us over by being too conservative or being too fucking gun-shy about shit. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like I said, the you know, 2016 was a better season, you know, 13-3, but going into that season, I was like, Romo's hurt. Eight and eight, like you know, and it just happened to turn around and be like an all-time great season, regular season for us. I felt and, pretty good going into twenty twenty-one. Oh yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and that I mean, all right. So, all right, we'll get into this uh, later, but yeah, so I do feel good about our team this year, aside yeah. from one person. Uh, so, 
All right, so uh, so that's your Super Bowl pick, though, right? So yeah. the Cowboys, and then you said the Jets, right? So yeah. I'm assuming the Jets thing is Aaron Rodgers, good receivers, uh, a great who the defense. Back is. is it? Um, it's uh, well, they have Brees Hall, Hall from Iowa State. He got hurt last year. He's back, but then they also picked up Dalvin Cook. Um, oh yeah, that's right. So great running backs, great receivers. Fucking Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, feel like the I mean, defense it's was pretty good last year. Yeah, for me, it's flashbacks of uh, Brady joining the Bucks. Like this team who was right there, good defense. Like you said, good wide receivers. You know, they had the offensive had, and defensive rookie of the year last year. It's like one of those. Like it's like had probably the worst quarterback situation in the league. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. With Zach Wilson and then the, Mike White, I think was the other guy. Yeah. So that's it. Feels the same, right? Where I think Jameis is better than um, Zach Wilson, but it's the same thing. Where it's like this great team that maybe went like eight and eight. And the quarterback is like not great, and then they bring in a fucking actual great quarterback, and maybe spend on a couple of guys here and there. I think they picked up uh, Sue for that Super Bowl run, like a couple, a couple of guys here and there that just like you know they sort of break the bank open for them um, to try to push them over the edge, and then they do. And so I'm, I think this is that again. It's a repeat of that. Yeah, uh, I listened to a podcast with Dominic Foxworth, and he was like, he was watching our Hard Knocks. He's like, the weirdest thing is. He's like, I've never seen such, like, deference for a quarterback or, like, a star player. And he was like, I mean, I played, he was like, I played with Champ Bailey in Denver. I played with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed in Baltimore. And he's like, people are, like, in the practices for the Jets, they're like, he's like, the players are like, uh, and, he, and so apparently he says, like, Randall Cobb basically says the only reason he's there is just to kind of help bridge the gap between Aaron Rodgers and everyone else. Like, yeah. that's mm-hmm. mainly why they brought him. And it's just like, he's like, Randall Cobb's, like, walking around telling people, like, yeah, all right, the way Aaron Rodgers wants this is this. He's yeah. Like, Not the way Coach wants it. Not like, mm-hmm. he's like, Aaron Rodgers prefers it like this. And he's yeah, like, yeah, I've yeah, never like, seen that before. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He goes around, he's like, yeah, well, you know, if you want to make it, if you want to get this, make sure to catch him here or make sure you're, you know, running the routes this way or that way. And, yeah, um, and not yeah. like the coach is saying, but they're like, no, this is the shit that Aaron Rodgers wants. <laughs> like, but um, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. Like, even the coach is like, wow, it's so nice to have a good quarterback or something like that. Like <laughs> a bunch of shit that, like, I'm like, dude, Zach Wilson's right there next to you. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but um, yeah, that's why I think, and, and it's. It, and it's not just, I think sometimes people, you know, you watch Hard Knocks, and like, wow, this seems incredible, and they end up sucking just because you see them. Because um, I have been watching Hard Knocks, but I think, I do think, you know, the defense was great last year, and I think, you know, having Garrett Wilson there and, and an all-time quarterback, I think that should push them over the edge and get them to the Super Bowl. I definitely can see that. But Kansas City's a buzzsaw. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no matter what, yeah. They are Although the litmus just... test. Like... <laughs> I am interested to see how I'm sure they'll figure it out eventually because it is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But I am interested to see how the offense um, changes now that it's Matt Nagy as offensive coordinator instead of uh, Eric Bieniemy because he went yeah. over to um, the Commanders. Um, so I'm interested to see if there'll be like a big drop off or it'll be like nope, it was you, you were nothing. You were just another cog in the machine. We took one out, we put one in, and it's like business as usual. So right, it'll be interesting to see for sure. All right, so MVP pick. Yeah, so I'm just gonna. I I never get these. I yeah, these are same. you know. I, I don't think it, it's my MVP it, pick was Derek Carr. <laughs> my yeah. man might be out of the league. Okay. 
It, yeah, yeah. It, I think I picked. I forget who. I should have written mine down. I think. I, oh no, it's a Dak Prescott. But only because for the same reason, it's like it's either either people either give it to a, a hot. Uh, upstart like uh, Lamar Jackson a couple years ago, a guy that comes out of nowhere and then he just t- or uh, Patrick Mahomes in 2018, just a guy who comes in and fucks everything up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or they give it to a guy who's been winning it for a while and he just happens to put on a really really good season together, kind of like when Brady won it in uh, 2017 or Mah- um, Aaron Rodgers I think won yeah. it in like 2020 and 2021, yeah. and then last year with with um, Mahomes. Now, but I'm not saying that the seasons weren't worthy of them i think they were but i think you know unless a hot shot comes through they sort of go well who's the guy oh it's this guy and i think that's what's different in the nba yeah. where i think in the nba they're always looking for the hot shot and there always is a new one so that's why lamar uh, lebron james doesn't have fucking 10 of them whereas i think in the nfl i think they go well you know nobody really came through mahomes put up look at his stats they're better and they went you know, 14 and 3 just give it to him again but yeah. So I never get these. So I'm just gonna go with Dak Prescott, like I always do. I'm like, maybe this is the year. Maybe he's the new guy that they, you know, he puts it together and he like, um, uh, gets together like a um, who's an old quarterback that sort of put it together and got an MVP kind of late. Brady, I guess. You know, he didn't win his MVP until 2007. What is that? Seven years after he was in the league, and he already had three Super Bowls by then. But he didn't. Yeah put up stats stats until 2007 so okay so all right so uh i before i said i feel great about our team except for one position which is that i'm just i'm never sold on Dak prescott so um yeah, i mean if he leads us to a super bowl fuck it he, he could start for the next 20 years till he fucking dies on the field that's fine <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, go off um but like I'm just so not sold on him. And so my question to you is going to be, like, if we have this team. I I heard uh, Mina Kimes on a podcast say she thinks we're one of the two best defenses in the league. Um, Like, our defense should be phenomenal. Our offense isn't, like, the best it's ever been, but it's not bad. It's it's still, like, above average, I would say, based on player personnel. So, mm-hmm. like, if this year happens and we get one playoff win and then we're out. Like, it, it, it's the wild card round. We win the wild card round and then we're out the next round. Are you going to feel any differently? Because like, my whole point with Dak is that, like, I don't re- – like, 2021's roster is good. Um, it's Micah Parsons rookie year. So that's Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the offense, we had Amari Cooper who was great. Um, and CD lamb as the second option. Like Zeke wasn't quite washed yet. Like, or he was like washed one. Adjacent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Washed adjacent. Um, he wasn't like completely last year was undeniably bad it wasn't there um so you know i was like and and we i I don't know off the top of my head but i feel like we probably got one playoff win um in 2021 yeah uh no i think we hosted i think we i think we were the number two seed that year so we hosted yeah because dax only he won in 2018 against the seahawks and then he won last year 
against the the Bucks. Twenty. Uh, I'm trying to find just like a a bracket, and I'm not seeing one to see. Oh, uh, we were the number three seed, and we lost to San Francisco. It looks like. Oh, it was a wild card. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we that year we didn't even win one, and I thought our team was really good. So, um, yeah, like, are you gonna feel any differently about the Dak Prescott tenure if you know after this season we still come away with only one playoff win? It depends on what the what the the team looks like at the end. If it ends up being like a 2014 loss, where it's like everybody's there, right, and it just so happens that we just lose at the end, then maybe. But like, if it's like you know, Micah Parsons goes down, or the defense. Loses, gets a bunch of injuries and just get fucking gashed in the back half of the season. Or he fucks up, you know, because last year, you know, in the second half of San Francisco, he only has CeeDee Lamb against a great defense, and then he loses um, Pollard to a broken foot. And then what are you going to win with fucking Zach, Zeke at that point, right? You don't, you know, it's, and then they would just dub, double uh, Lamb, and then you don't even have to really put any guys up front. So it's like, it depends on how it goes down, right? Right. If, they go down fighting and it looks close and then he fucks up and I'm like, oh, he just doesn't have it right. But if he comes out and he puts on together a, a game kind of like how he had against the Bucks, I think he had like, what, four touchdowns, 300 yards, right? Like an insane, like easily his best game as a Cowboy. Yeah. And he goes down the string and I'm like, well, he's the guy. Just, just the team went down, right? But if he's the reason that they fuck up because he puts, you know, together like you know, 200 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, then I'm like, okay, dude, like then what's up, right? Because you had the, the whole team is, you know, Everybody's healthy, or as, you know, as healthy as you can be to make a run. Michael Parsons is still healthy, right? Everybody's on the field, and you lose to the Eagles twenty-four to twenty-one because you threw two picks, right? So it's right. like that's when I'm like, okay. But if you go down fighting four touchdowns and you lose thirty-one to twenty-eight, then I'm like, well, nothing. It just depends, right? It really depends right. on 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 how it goes down. Now, if he makes it to the conference championship, then I'm like, you know what? That's not bad, right? You right. don't go back to those often, but yeah. The window is certainly closing, though, right? Like, are we uh, agree on that? For, like it's... for the team as a whole, maybe. For him, I, I mean, he's thirty. He's thirty. He's yeah. He's always been my yeah. age. Um, closing in terms of physically, no. In terms of they might deal him somewhere, um, maybe. But it depends on what he would get, right? It'd be one of those like we'd have to get a top five pick so that we can pick up either Caleb Williams or Drake May. And then exchange right. for him because I don't see him. There's nobody else that they would trade him that wouldn't just be a lateral move. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Um, other than possibly, like, even if you trade for a rookie that maybe isn't as good, it's still on a rookie contract and then you can spend on some other big positions. Um, right, right. But it'd have to be somebody who's like. Pretty much like a Sam Howell type, like a guy who's like a like a guy who's shown flashes and who's like if he does well, you're like, oh man, it's this guy, right? Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's uh. So you chose Dak Prescott for MVP. Uh, my MVP pick is again. Uh, I'm just betting. Uh, which is that uh, I'm gonna go with Lamar Jackson. Um, he's got good receivers this year for like the first time in a hot fucking minute. Um, he had that whole you know, drama, whether he was going to come back or not. And I feel like if he puts up great numbers, has a big year, um, you know, uh, gets a decent seat in the playoffs and he balls out like that, 
th- those all those things kind of combine, I think, to make a good story for an MVP yeah. uh, award. Yeah. I think Lamar Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott, if they were on the Steelers, they would probably already have like two or three MVPs. Just because I feel like the Steelers, they just don't lose. And I think if you put up those kind of stats and you make the playoffs every year and you don't go below 500, like, you know, I think you sort of, people just go, well, we just got to give it to him, right? Because he, you know, he led him to, you know, 14 and 3 or 13 and 4. Um, like the Steelers, since Mike Tomlin has been there, I think they literally never finished below 500. I think 8 and 8 is the worst they finished. Um, I think yep. even last 500 year. 500 like, or better is now 16 seasons deep. Jesus that's Christ. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. So. With, he, with some absolute dog shit quarterback situations, right? Like, the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger fucking going around there throwing like Pete Carroll. In that's what, yeah, I was about to say, did you see that tweet where it was uh, the Pete Carroll highlights and they're like, this is dead ass what Ben Roethlisberger looked like <laughs> exactly. last year. The last truly great time that he was great was 2017 when I think they went 13-3. and three and they that when uh, like Antonio Brown's like fucking balling out I, here? Yeah, I think that was like the last year he was there, but it, they were great, and I think they would have made the Super Bowl, except they like went into Jacksonville, and Jacksonville like fucked them up. Like I think the game was like forty nine to forty two. Like they like it was one of those like everything went right for the Jaguars. Yeah, but I think that's the last time that the Steelers had a great quarter, or like a quarterback that was above average that was pretty good. Um, yeah, I think if either one of these guys was there, they win a, much more often, right? But yeah. And I do think the Ravens are a little bit more of a... They're probably like the Steelers 2.0, right? They're consistent, right? Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't have the records in front of me, but it wouldn't surprise me if, you know... I think John Harbaugh became the coach either a year or two after Mike Tomlin. And I think ever since then, I, it wouldn't surprise me if the records were fairly similar in terms of, like, never having a shitty season and... um, Like, um... Never. Do, 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 do. I'm looking up the the Ravens. Win percentage. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, the worst they finished was oh they went they went five and eleven in 2015, but that's it. Everything else, you know, since yeah, they so got Harbaugh was. Mike Tomlin is overall, uh, 63%. Uh, win rate, I guess is what you'd call it. Uh, mm-hmm. Winning percentage. Uh, John Harbaugh, uh, 60. So they are very close. And it's literally, yeah. the difference is probably that one bad season. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Like that 2% could just be that one bad season. Um, yeah. But ultimately, yeah. they've Coming had a lot of time with like an MVP level quarterback where it's like with that fucking, what's his name? The guy who got smashed in the head with a helmet by oh, Rob, Mason Rudolph. <laughs> I still feel bad for the 2019 Ravens. They went 14 and two, and then just ran into the Titans. And then it's just like, yeah, that always you know it always stings. I think when you have a season like that, or the Cowboys in 2016, where you have this whole fucking fanfare for 17 weeks, and then one game, and it just poof, like up in fucking smoke. Like right. it never happens. But yeah, so that's uh so just to reiterate, Super Bowl for you, Cowboys Jets, Super Bowl for me, Cowboys yeah. Chiefs. Boy, fucking high. I'm like this is the Dallas Cowboys podcast. Um MVP <laughs> for you, Zach Prescott, MVP for me, Lamar Jackson. We will revisit this in 
you know, a year and determined that the only thing was that one of us got one Super Bowl contender correct. <laughs> Which unfortunately means it can't be the Dallas Cowboys. Fuck. Um, I jinxed it. <laughs> what if it was, what if, what if it was like either one of the other ones, right? That would fucking, oh. I got the Jets right, but my Cowboys. <laughs> I'm grating my teeth so hard blood's like coming out. <laughs> But yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, you and I have talked about this, you know, it's, it's our, I was telling my barber, I was like, it feels weird to be extremely excited about both of my football teams um, because it never happens. But then also because I know there's no way that they'll both succeed. So I know, or dude, there is a higher chance that both of them are shitty than there is that both of them will be good. It goes, one of them will be shitty. Both of them will be shitty. Um, both of them will be good in that order, right? So right. It, it's like one of those. It's like I'm putting my fucking. Have you seen Dune? I have not. Okay, well, there's like a fucking box that you have to put your hand in, and they like pay, they give you pain, but if you take it out, they fucking kill you or something, right? It's like that. It's like I'm putting my my hand in the fucking pain box from Dune, and then if you know, I, I know what I'm getting into, and I'm still like football season's back next week, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Even I know that one or both of them will stomp on my nuts. That's um, why, like, I, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to have been, like, a Patriots fan for that whole Tom Brady run. Right, like, you went into every season, like, gonna be a good season this year. <laughs> right, it's like, yeah, and then more than likely, you're fucking right, right? Like, <laughs> right. Uh, even if you don't go to we the don't, Super We're Bowl. not having to, like, they're, we're living off copium. They are, on, like... <laughs> They're legit right. Like, they're like, yeah, yeah. just going to have another fucking 12 and 4 season. No biggie. <laughs> like, right, like they, every they, time we get one, we're like, oh, my God, I've never been here before. They, so the, even if they didn't win one, they still went to three more. So they went to nine. But even if they didn't go to nine, they still, I think, went to, like, four or five more AFC championships. Like, you know what I would do for an <laughs> NFC championship? Like, <laughs> Not even, not even a win, an appearance, an appearance. Being like, we made it to the final four, bro. We were on TV that the penultimate weekend, like, you know. So, Ugh. yeah, I, I've been stocking up on bookmarking tweets with like reactions, like Donald Trump being like, "I'm gonna die," so I'm like, <laughs> ready. I have shit in the chamber. Um, oh God! I have shit of Mitch McConnell just standing there when the, you know when Dak Prescott throws a pick. I'm just gonna tweet that out. You know? <laughs> What do you think about Dak Prescott's performance this week? Yeah. Just, you like him just right, you me to, did you, did you not thing. hear it? <laughs> Sorry, uh, they asked what you thought of Dak Prescott's performance? <laughs> no. No. They <laughs> said, somebody said that man is microdosing death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Get that man the fuck out of there, right? Like, it, <laughs> God. The what? Like, just a small politics uh, moment, which is that, like, Diane Feinstein on our side is, like, in the same boat, and we're all mm-hmm. like, she's got to get out. Like, like on their side, they're like, I can't believe you think Mitch McConnell needs to leave because he's old. It's like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> we are not the same. Uh, <laughs> I literally, um, I have the clip of Kendrick Lamar from that song. I'm just ready, dude. I have him ready in the <laughs> chamber of him going... <laughs> incredible 
Uh, I'm fucking ready for this season to destroy me. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, my man saved a bitch McConnell clip, bro. That's so wild. <laughs> or that lady being like, you need to leave. Or whatever. Yeah, I'm fucking ready. And then, but, but, as many, you know, I have my, my ratio of, sh- of bad one reactions, I have good ones. Right, I have Logan Roy going like, "It's goddamn fucking right," or <laughs> or him being like, "They got some fucking juice." Right, <laughs> uh, do you have Do you have one in the chamber of him fucking staring out into the ocean, debating whether to kill himself? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! When we finish the season, fucking. Five and twelve. You just fucking post that one. Five and twelve. Now I'm going to die. (laughs) (laughs) I am ready. I'm ready. I can't wait. Oh, God. Oh, man. So that's our NFL preview. (laughs) Um, That's the episode for this week. If you you want to catch me, catch me at T-Moneybags on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at Evercastro92 on Instagram. <laughs> God, the fuck? I don't know why the Kendrick Lamar scream just killed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You can catch it was, the pod- I found oh, it. Somebody was saying, it was, like, it, it was just about Triple H being bad at booking matches. Oh, <laughs> somebody was like, how many times is he going to book that same three-on-three match? And it's that video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, if you want to catch the podcast, you can catch us at Diff Animals Pod or uh, on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email us differentanimalspodcast at gmail.com. As usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll catch you guys in two weeks. Later. Peace. <laughs>